All right. The title reads, The Death of Lazarus. John chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. And he reads, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Beloved, look over to your neighbor and say, Neighbor? Oh, neighbor. What are you willing to do so that God's glory will be made known through you? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for just allowing us to be here. Um, this is a difficult topic to go through. I ask that you speak through me and give me a way to explain the ways that I want your people to understand your glory, Lord God. I thank you for all that you do. That all ears be open and hearts be open to you, Lord God, and let your Holy Spirit continue to be with us. Thank you and I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. So we just read, first, we just read John chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. We learned about the death of Lazarus. Well, that's just a little piece in the beginning. If you go throughout the entire chapter 11, we'll teach you about what happened. But for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a backstory of what happens, right? So Lazarus, and we've got Mary, and we've got Martha. Three people, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, Jesus. Any of them is like, I'm not going to use a very bunch of the term, because you guys probably don't know who that is. But think of them like as like one big happy family, right? They're all really good friends. Lazarus is like, think of your best friend. Whoever your best friend is, think that's what Lazarus was to Jesus, right? Lazarus was this man's best friend, and, and Mary as well. So when you call up your best friend, what do you expect your best friend to do? Like, if you need your best friend to show up, and like you're going through something, like, hey, man, and you come through, what do you expect them to do? You expect them to be there, right? To show up. But something happens here. Jesus is chilling in some other land. It's not really far away. Maybe, like, a mile away. You go walk back to where Lazarus is, right? Where he was and where Lazarus was, really close. But Jesus decides to do something different. He says, no, I'm not going to come. Right? I'm going to come later on. But he says that this illness doesn't lead to death. Right? And then what happens, fast forward, a couple hours later, Lazarus dies. Right? And they bury Lazarus. They put him in a, they're about to like put him in a tomb. Right? They, 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 they wrap them around all this cloth. That's what they used to do back in the day when somebody passed away. And pretty much, Jesus then comes after, after Lazarus has already died. And as he's coming, the disciples see him, and Mary and them, they see him too. And they do a funny thing. One of them decides that 
she's going to run towards Jesus. And the other one decides that she's not going to run towards Jesus because she's, she's bitter. She's not happy. Right? Because Jesus decided that he wasn't going to come. He let his brother die. Martha ran to Jesus. Mary, on the other hand, stayed put. I give you this story to try and explain that times difficult things happen. And yet all these things are to work together for the glory of God alone. In 2008, how old were you guys in 2008? You were a year old, huh? How old? That's crazy. That's, that's, that's interesting. That's cool, though. You guys missed out on the 90s. But they say that I can't say that I'm a 90s kid because I was 93, so... Because I didn't go to school that much. It doesn't count. But I know all the shows, you know? Proud Family, all that stuff. Right? Proud Family, I was doing my time. They used to air new episodes while I was there. But anyway, back to the story. So in 2008, difficult thing happened. Um, on 7, 2008, around that time, we lost our home. And I was living in this townhouse, and my, um, I, I moved so many times from where I was coming from. I, I used to live in Ghana, then moved here, then lived in California, lived in New York, I lived in Connecticut. I just went all over the place. I went to Virginia. So I didn't have that stable friend group, per se, because I kept moving. I wasn't in the military, but you can think of it as like I was a military kid. We moved all the time. And one time I looked at my mom. I was in third grade, and I told my mom, Mom, like, are, are, we, are we done? Are we done moving? I want to stay here. And she tells me that, yeah, we're done. And 2008 comes by and we lose the house. We lose the house and you ever get this thing called an eviction notice? They, they send it to you and they tell you, hey, you got this many months to pack your stuff and get out of the house. Um, and yes, what was God in this? A question like that can come through somebody's mind at times when they're going through a difficult situation. And then God showed up. Yes, we left the place, but God placed it on somebody's heart to be able to take us in for a little bit of time or to find another place to stay. And it was just such a blessing. And even on top of leaving, the people who were getting us out of the house, they gave us a little bit of money to be able to make it through for that time. Or else it would have been. I would have been homeless. Um, you go 2005. A little bit more, 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 more backtrack. I think I was like first or second grade or so. And I just, I, I hated the world. I hated people. I didn't like hanging out with anybody. 
you annoyed me, you annoyed me. Like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to hit me. I was known as that guy, right? As, ah, oh, heaven doesn't like people. And yeah, they were right, I didn't. And I don't know what, what was going on with me in the world. Um, I guess the way that I saw life and the way I wanted things to be, things that didn't look that way. I wanted my parents to be there for me and hang out with me and sit at home and eat dinner together and all those wonderful things, right? And it didn't look that way. So I was upset. And I used to have a little iPod. Sure, these times you guys use your phones. We had this little iPod thing. iPod one, first generation. Put the music in my head and we're just walking down the street. And imagine it's the sidewalk I'm trying to cross the road to get to River Oaks Elementary. I don't know if anybody goes there or went there. I guess you guys all in middle school. And a car just zooms right past, right after I walk through the street. And I didn't even notice the car. I was this close to the car. And it could have taken me out. And then, September 2014. <coughs> I'm now uh, a little bit older. In college, right? Got my little backpack on. Walking through. I'm in comp school now, so everything is great. You know, I'm in the business school, UVA. Whoop, whoop. Nighttime, I get a phone call, and you tell me that one of our family friends are on. Um, that she was battling with leukemia and she had cancer and she passed away. And I remember this time because I was sitting under a tree and I wept pretty much for a good, a good hour or two and then went back in there to finish up a project. And all of it, we, we go to the places and we say that, oh, God, 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 get all the glory that God gives, God takes. But at that moment, in that time, it didn't feel that way. It's not what I wanted to happen. It's not how I wanted things to be. If you guys take anything, one thing from this message, it's that our purpose in life to bring glory to God. And sometimes, sometimes that can seem painful. Our purpose, if you ask me, what, what is my purpose in this life? Here it is. To bring glory to God. But if God does not get the glory in your life, through your life, then you are not living it the way that he desires for you to. Disappointment comes when expectations are not in alignment with outcome. We expected God to do a certain thing. What did you expect God to do for you that he didn't do? We expected God to give us a certain grade on a test, help us get that grade, perhaps. We expected God to, to have the money to buy a new pair of shoes or clothes. We God to, to have both parents in our lives. They have mom, dad, happy, family. And that messes with us at times. We expected that relationship to have worked. You put your heart and soul 
into a, into a relationship and building it, and you, it didn't work out. There's an expectation that you have from God in that moment. You expected God to bring about healing and curing us of all things, and it didn't happen, or it happened when we want it to happen. You expected God to have siblings who don't get on our nerves, but <laughs> we have those. Beloved, it is fair, you can note this down, that it is fair to expect God to do something, but it is unfair to decide and tell God how to do it. And sometimes when God does something, you have no idea that it's even going on. Know that inaction does not mean that God is not there. That God is not working. You don't know what people are going through at times or what God has to do to change somebody's heart. You know how difficult it is to change somebody's heart? Nobody can change your heart. Only God can. He can only give you the word and pray earnestly that the good Lord will show you. Like I had mentioned earlier, it is, it is fair to expect God to do something, but it is unfair to decide and tell God how to do it. When we do so, we basically make ourselves God in the process. And that is wrong. We don't know why God hasn't taken us out of a particular situation. Or God continues to see this and we cry out to the Lord. But we don't receive the help that we wanted to get. We lost people and it hurts. But know that even in our pain, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, that God will ultimately get the glory. Amen? I mentioned when God doesn't move the way we expected him to, we become upset. And when we become upset, we do one of two things. Or when God doesn't move the way we want it, we do one of two things. We either draw closer to God or we draw far away from God. Look at Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha are both upset. Right? You can imagine the story of Lazarus. They're both upset. But... Martha runs to Jesus. Mary hangs back. They're both upset, rightfully so. What do you do? How do you respond when you are upset, beloved? Do you run to God? Oh God, God, this hurts. This is painful. But I trust that you're gonna get me through. And God will, and He always does. So I want you to be assured of. We have to ultimately want God for God. We have to ultimately want God for God. Everybody close your eyes. Picture something here with me. So, imagine 
that you're in heaven. Who's there? What do you see? Anybody want to share the first person that came up in mind to who's there? Who? God. That's good. You can open your eyes. Maybe you don't do this little test. Because I want you guys to know that if your goal, if you didn't see God in heaven, but you were comfortable being there, you were happy to be there, that is a problem. My beloved God is not a ticket to heaven. Christ is not a ticket. We must want Jesus for Jesus and Jesus alone. If we go to heaven and there's nothing else there, no angels, no people, no nothing, it's just you and God, beloved, for eternity, that is amazing. That is what should bring joy to our hearts. And when we understand that we want God for God, it puts everything in perspective. Beloved, God can grant the devil permission to take away anything you love in this world. But the one thing that the devil cannot do is take God away from you. The devil cannot pull you from the grasp of God. So instead, what does he do? He'll do whatever he can to convince you to abandon God. They put problems in your way, strife, confusion, so many different things to convince you to abandon God. And we need to know that when that happens, the more we have to even stick and push further into God. I hope I'm making sense for everybody today. Any questions so far? No? The wonderful thing about this is that when we want God for God, yes, things will still be difficult for us, things will hurt, but we can still find joy even in the midst of our pain. That is how we get to joy. That in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your suffering, when you want God for God, knowing that nothing can take you away from his grasp. You have joy. What does that verse say that be sure that nothing, what can separate us from the love of God? Some strife, enmity, all these different things, right? None of those things can separate us from the love of God, as Paul teaches us. And because Jesus loves us, he has us go through challenges. We must learn to count it all joy when we are faced with trials of many kinds. Because that trial is building our character, yours and mine. And it strengthens us in God. That is the purpose of the struggle. The interesting thing, so if we go along a little bit further to the verse 5, on chapter 11, it tells us that now Jesus loved Martha 
and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. You guys get that clause. Because Jesus loved Martha and Mary, he waited two days. Because Jesus loved Martha and Mary, he waited for Lazarus to die. And then we see in the previous verse, why would God do this? That it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So fast forward to the end. Jesus eventually shows up. Right? Martha and Mary, upset as you. And Jesus is like, where's Lazarus? They take him to the place where Lazarus has been laid. And either Martha and Mary is like, you know, Lord, Jesus was like, you know, he's, he's, he's only asleep. He'll wake up. And they were thinking that he was talking about the resurrection. You know, that when they die, and eventually, when they all go to be with the Lord, that they'll be resurrected on the last day. But Jesus was like, no, I am the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. The resurrection is here. <coughs> so, what does Jesus do? He goes on the tomb and he tells Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus gets up, he's got all these little things wrapped around him, and he pulls them off, and he comes out. Lazarus walked out. And because of that, glory, God's glory was made known to man. People saw this. And when some people saw Lazarus get up, they believed in Christ. God will do whatever is necessary for his glory. And we saw, and we see this in the death of Lazarus, that he was resurrected. But because God loves us, takes us through all these situations. Count, that is why we tell it to count it all with joy. Count it all joy, because it is an example of testament that you are loved and you go through trials and all those things that you go through, many difficulties. I know you guys struggle with a whole bunch of stuff. Because I shared just a little bit of what I went through earlier in my years. I'm trying to show you that, yes, I get that some things go on and it's not easy that I want you to know that everything that is doing, all things work according to the good of God, work, work good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So what is love? If this is this love, because Jesus loves us so much, so what is love? And this is something that if you felt before, it's, it's, it's hard to, to just Understand is unless you go through a certain thing, that when you've lost something, and you're still serving the Lord, you come to know that love, that, that love is doing whatever is necessary so that God's glory will be made known. Love is doing whatever is necessary so that God's love 
so that God's glory will be made known. People will tell you, go down the street, people will tell you, oh, love is a deep affection between two people. Two people. But we see here that because God loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he let Lazarus die. So we say, therefore, that love is doing whatever is necessary so that God's glory will be made known. And if that means sickness for the rest of your life, singleness, even when you desire marriage, being a laughingstock of your community, then so be it. We tell God that whatever the cost, no matter the cost, let his glory be made known. When people see you going through something, they may not say this to your face ultimately. They go see you going through a challenge or some sort of situation. And they still see you serving the Lord. You know what they do. You know what I do. I praise God. And in that glory is given to the Lord. So I don't know what your challenge is on this day of what? September 8th? September 7th? 8th? 2019? I don't know what you've been through. But I want you to know to continue to hang in there. That God will either get you out of your situation or he'll give you the strength to endure and have joy in the midst of your situation. And in the midst of darkness, in the midst of pain, that God is still there. And when you understand that you want God for God, it is pure joy when we go through troubles. Beloved, we were made for God's glory. Another point to note down is that we were made for God's glory. And that is why nothing else will satisfy us in life. We try to satisfy ourselves with so many things. Video games, sex, boyfriends, girlfriends, vacations, high grades. But none of that stuff brings us lasting fulfillment. So many things, you name it, alcohol, drinking, whatever it is, none of that brings us lasting fulfillment because it does not and indeed it cannot bring joy. Christians today, it does not and it cannot bring joy. We have to understand the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is temporal. Joy, joy is eternal. Joy doesn't get shaken up when we're going through something. So we were made for God's glory. And when we don't get this, we spend our whole lives running around. We spend our whole lives running around chasing Chasing what's going to make us happy. Chasing money. Chasing people. What else? Yet it doesn't end you anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere. 
It only brings more sadness and leaves us empty. Are you not tired of feeling empty? Says that this guy said that there's a there's a God-shaped hole in everybody's heart that we try and fill it with all these things. Nobody can fill it, only God can. Because it's God's size. Yeah, we try to throw so many things in there. But they bring nothing to us. We are still left a piece of us that is empty. And I want you to know that God loves you. That he's taking you through troubles. When he's taking you through situations, hang tight. Hang tight. Hang in there until God calls you home. Like, I want this to register. Because I don't want you guys to be that kid who is just going through so much asking, where's God? And then rebelling and acting out in so many different ways. And whenever we're going through something and we're feeling some type of way, we gotta ask, like, what's our relationship with, like with God? And where do we stand with Him? Because it always roots back to that. So while you're in these days, spend time with God. Spend time in your word. Read. Talk to people. Chat with me about it if you want. I'm always open. Question? No, no. Yep, chat with me about it if you want. I'm always open. Um, or Pat, or any of the other teachers that, 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 that we have. When we are in line with God's purpose for our lives, that will bring Him glory. There's this story that shocked me a bit when I was reading. And it was in Ezekiel 24, verses 15 to 18. You don't have to turn to there, but I'll read that out. Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 15 to 18. And it's basically saying that the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Behold, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh, but aloud. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind on your turban and put your shoes on your feet. Do not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. So I spoke to the people. This is Ezekiel. Ezekiel spoke to the people in the morning. And at evening, my wife died. And on the next morning, I did as I was commanded. Such a difficult situation that Ezekiel must have been facing. But even through that, God ultimately still gets the glory. And God asks us when he rejects us from certain things, he says, how long will you grieve over Saul since I rejected him for being king over Israel? The question for you today is, how long will you grieve? How much longer will you grieve over what God has said no to 
over what God has said, wait patiently, I am on my way to. Love, I trust that we'll get this today. So as we've seen here today, that we live our lives ultimately and solely for the glory of God alone. That anything that you're going through that I want you guys to know that will ultimately be used to bring glory to God. That is the point of all of this. That is why we are all here. To live a life that is holy. To live a life that is acceptable before God. When we live our life, when we live our life in ways that is not acceptable to the Lord, we're always fighting with God. It's not a battle with me. It's a battle between us and the Lord. So we got to be careful and know that yes, we will go through some things. I've been through some things. But ultimately, glory, honor, and adoration all be unto God. Amen? So, let us pray.